Hi everyone, welcome. Uh, my name is Claire Schnecke. I'm an AmeriCorps member for the YMCA of Greater Indianapolis. We're really excited to be interviewing some amazing, incredible people today. Be sure to check out the rest of our series to hear more from our other remarkable guests. Today we're talking to John Hahn about solar cars. He's gonna share his screen real quick. Right, A little bit about solar car and John, the university, oops. The University of Illinois solar car team has been building and racing its cars since 2014. Their car is completely powered by the sun and built by students. The UIUC students have raced their car across the country. The team consists of over 100 students from more than 20 unique majors. Recently, their second car, Brisa, was just unveiled. Here to talk more about the solar car world is John Hahn, a senior in computer engineering, former team president, and current business lead. John is also my cousin. Thanks for joining us today, John. Glad to be here. Yeah, so my name is John. Um, pretty accurate introduction. Um, uh, as part of the solar car team, I've been involved in uh, for almost four years at this point, um, and it's a pretty amazing experience. So you can see in this picture that we've built two solar cars. Um, the first one on the left is our first car, Argo, and the one on our right is our second car, Brizo. Um, so these, these cars have acquired a lot of work and a lot of people to build, um, and it's quite an amazing experience. Um, so you can see here, uh, you know, these are road legal cars that are driven by people um, and they're solar powered with a lot of electronics inside and also as well as systems. Um, so we compete in two different races um, as part of the team. So kind of the, the objective of these, these cars is to build a car that is solar powered, obviously, to push forward sustainable energy in the process. Uh, but by doing that, uh, we're, we're really competing in these competitions. So there's two main ones, the American Solar Challenge and the World Solar Challenge. Um, and these races occur in the United States and in Australia, which is the World Solar Challenge. There are teams from all over the world that compete in these competitions um, with large budgets and large operations. Uh, so this picture here, you can see as part of the American Solar Challenge or the Formula Sun Grand Prix, we competed at the Circuit of the Americas, which is a Formula One racetrack in the United States. Uh, so there's really exciting things that happen as part of these teams. And, uh, you know, we're competing in, in the same race courses as the top drivers uh, around the world. Um, so here you can see we compete head to head against other solar car teams driving around tracks. Um, and while we're doing this, kind of the objective is to focus on efficiency. So these are long distance uh, multi-day races. So at the, at the race tracks, um, we're driving for three days in a row and uh, trying to get as many laps as possible. So this is the Circuit of the Americas that I was talking about. It's a pretty big, uh, expansive racetrack. Um, the other part of the races are the road races. Uh, so in these this part of the competition, we're actually driving our cars on the road. Um, so part of that is we have a convoy of cars of people that travel along to make sure the car's working. Um, so you, here you can see some people uh, working in the car, uh, you know, along with the convoy of the solar car. Um, so yeah, that means we're driving on roads through mountains. A lot of these race courses try to, you know, keep making it interesting and travel through mountainous ranges and uh, the World Solar Challenge travels through the outback. So these are harsh conditions that are really pushing these cars and vehicles to their limits um, in terms of surviving harsh heats, uh, intense sun uh, and severe weather. Um, and so the other part of this is we will camp along the way while we're uh, traveling multiple days across the uh, cross continents. So yeah, that's kind of 
overview of our car. Uh, you know, we really focus on sustainability, education, and you know, there's a lot of students that are learning and building a pretty amazing car. That's pretty great, thank you. So we do have a couple of questions. Um, what exactly does it take to build a car? How many different teams do you have? And what sort of technical components go into it? Yeah, so here, let me open this up. So we have a lot of students involved in our team. Here you can see a picture of, you know, this one team meeting that we had. Um, we have more than 100 students as mentioned. So there's a lot of different groups and parts that had to make this happen. Um, in many ways, this team is more like a, a company, but we're made up of students. So uh, we have a lot of business operations. So for example, here we can, you can see where our unveiling of our new car was all organized by our business and media groups. So the business and media group uh, handle a lot of things of raising funding and creating content for our team. So a car uh, is not cheap and a solar car is even less cheap than a real car. Um, so yeah, that's a, a lot of different things there. Um, but overall, you know, there's uh, the, the four, the, no, the five core main like, groups of our team. We have business, media, uh, the solar array, uh, mechanical, and the electrical groups that all put together this car. Okay, so can you talk a little bit more about funding? How is it that a bunch of students can afford, you know, such an expensive car? Yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy how, how much goes into funding this car. Um, you can see on the side of our car, we have a large number of sponsors. Um, so a lot of these come from either the university and other large corporate donors. Um, so in, in order to find these sponsors and uh, raise this money, there's a lot of different conversations that we have to have and a lot of different people we have to reach out to um, and a lot of different partnerships. So one thing that we focus on a lot is in-kind donations. And so this is when a company will donate a product or a service in exchange for a sponsorship. So for example, one thing that we often try to get sponsored is the carbon fiber that makes up the, the solar car. Um, and so this we often get donated from maybe an aerospace company or some other company that has, you know, is using like tons of this material. So they're, they're fine with donating just a little bit uh, to build a, help us build one car. Um, so that's one example. Um, yeah. That's pretty cool. Earlier, you talked a little bit about having it be a legal car. What sort of rules and regulations do you have to follow, both for the races and just to be able to drive your car around Illinois? Yeah, so in order to become a road legal car, um, there's quite a few different things. So uh, the regulations on road, road, like becoming a road legal car for a one production car are not quite as strict as they are for like big auto manufacturers, for example. Um, but we do have to have all the different lights and stuff like as a normal car. Um, so, you know, you got to have headlights, turn signals, all sorts of things like that. And that to be sufficiently bright for, uh, you know, other cars to be able to see it. Um, for the regulations for our races, there are all, even more strict regulations, actually. Um, most of them really focus on safety. So since these cars are driving on the road with, you know, alongside real cars, they, they have to, you know, withstand uh, be prepared for an accident that may occur. Um, there are, you know, accidents are and sometimes unavoidable on the road. And so our car has been designed with a, a roll, roll cage and uh, through lots of analysis. So on the mechanical side, the way they, they do this is what's called uh, through FEA. So that's finite element analysis. Um, so what they, they do is they, they'll take a, 
a model of the shell of the car, uh, kind of like you can see here. And they'll basically put it through in simulation, the test scenarios will, they'll basically crash the car and see how the different parts of the panels deform. Um, and the computer can then calculate at what point, you know, things will break. And so through this, we can see that our car will survive um, certain crashes. Um, and then we do the same for this, this chassis, which is made of all the carbon fiber, um, as well as for the roll cage, which is made of metal uh, to protect the driver. Of course, the, the drivers also have a, a five-point uh, seatbelt harness. So this is even more safe than, for example, airbags, because the driver is entirely secured at, with, at five points, so their entire body is basically strapped into the vehicle and, and protected if the car were to roll over or get hit by something. Um, I guess to keep going on your question on regulations, um, another big part is electrical safety. Um, so for example, here you can see the battery. Um, batteries can be very dangerous actually. Um, perhaps some people have heard of when Samsung was having issues with their, their, their phones uh, catching on fire on airplanes. Um, but the same thing can happen with you know cars and big batteries like this. Um, for example, I watched an interview of some of the founders of Tesla and they talked about when they were, were testing their, their battery and they, they just put a bunch of batteries in the bit ditch in the back of somebody's backyard. And after they did that, they, they realized just how dangerous these batteries were and decided, you know, even though they did this in a pretty somewhat controlled environment of like a hole in the ground, uh, they, they realized that that wasn't even safe enough and decided they had to contact the fire department and, you know, do this even in a more controlled environment um, at, at, at some of the, the, latest, the World Solar Challenge actually last year, um, some cars, one car notably actually entirely burned down to nothing. And another one, their entire battery burned down. So uh, the regulations work very hard to ensure that these dangers don't happen. Um, of course, nobody was injured in any of these scenarios. So we, there's always you know, fail safes in case you know, something does happen where the car has have issues. Uh, of course, the priority is always that the driver and the whole team is safe. But um, we work very hard to design safe electrical systems that prevent these things from happening in the future. Um, and Alina Solar Car prouds itself in, is proud of its ability to design these electronics. Um, and we've designed many of these things from scratch so that we have a better understanding of how they work and can uh, add in extra safety features to make sure that we're building a safe car. That's really great. That's a little bit scary, but good to know that everyone always stays safe. As a bunch of students building a car, and you're talking about Tesla's doing some of these similar things, do you ever get a lot of doubt, you know, maybe from sponsors or professors or just maybe parents who think, oh no, these, these kids can't build a car? Um, I mean, there, there's definitely people that question our abilities, but I think we, we've proven to many people at this point that, uh, you know, we can build a car um, and we can do it safely. Um, since we've built two cars at this point, um, we kind of know what we're doing and I continue, hope to continue to show that. Um, yeah, I don't know. There, there's always questioning of you know quality of designs and things like that. But uh, through continuous review and uh, engineering processes, we we believe that you know we're very capable of as students to do this. Um, there, there's a lot of processes and people involved that uh, I'm sure that's a safe and quality car. That's great. So could you talk a little bit about your new car? You have Argo, I believe, and now Burizo. Um, what were some of the benefits of building a new car? And 
talk a little bit about that process. Yeah, so the car kind of really starts off at uh, the aerodynamic design and the shape of the car. Um, so that, that's kind of where we can first see the, the biggest difference between uh, our first car, Argo and Brizo here. So Brizo, Argo, um, let's see, where's the picture of Argo? So Argo here, as you can see on the left, um, has this kind of what we call a catamaran style car. Um, so it's a bit wider, actually a lot, bit, lot wider. Um, and the four wheels are kind of separated into these different fairings. So a fairing is uh, kind of a shape that is most aerodynamic. It's kind of like a teardrop shape. So you can see these, these four fairings here that all hold the four wheels. Um, and then we have the driver in the center with the fairing around their compartment as well. Um, this is kind of a, a, a tried and true design that has existed in solar car racing for a long time. Um, but more recently, there's been a shift to this more what we call a bullet car design. Um, and in this case, the car is kind of one fairing, so all the wheels are kind of grouped together along with the driver. So the advantage with this is you get a smaller car with um, less surface area, and that re results in uh, less drag overall. So we really hope that Brizo will be a much more aerodynamic and efficient car uh, because of that. Um, yeah. How fast can Brizo go? So we, we, we just finished kind of the, the basic uh, construction of Brizo, and we're still getting into the more of the, the testing, but uh, it's been designed to travel at highway speed, so close to 70 miles an hour. Oh my, that's pretty quick. Yeah, and I guess um, Argo has been tested and has driven up to, up to that speed. Um, so they're, they're pretty fast cars for being all electric and built by students. That's pretty neat. Um, about how many hours would you say the average solar car member is putting into some of these cars? Well, that's a good question. So <laughs> we, have, we have a lot of students involved in the team. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, more than 100 students. Um, and you know, maybe one, one kind of saying a rule that exists in the world is the 80-20 rule where 20% uh, of the students will do 80% of the work. Or this applies to the workplace and elsewhere too. Um, and I think this is, ends up being pretty true for solar car as well. Um, but, you know, as a big team relative to some other uh, student groups at our university, um, you know, it ends up that it gets split, split amongst uh, at least a decent amount of people with, you know, more than 100 students. That means at least like 20 or 30 people are doing really most of the work. Um, and of course, these other people are extremely valuable to the team that maybe, you know, spend, you know, four or five hours a week, but the, the core team is really spending uh, 10, 15, 20 hours uh, making this car possible. Um, so as students, you know, we, we have our own schoolwork as well, but uh, I think this, this solar car work is so exciting and uh, innovative that we really are willing to put in the time to make this happen. That is a lot, 10 hours a week unpaid. Um, you've got to really be passionate about it, though. That's cool. Yep. Um, you're talking about how you're learning a lot from solar cars. Is there anything have you been able to learn that you've implemented in maybe internships or jobs or classrooms? Yeah, so since I'm a computer engineer at the University of Illinois here, um, I, I've worked a lot. I've learned a lot from the, um, that has been kind of applicable to my, the, the workforce and the electrical side of things. Um, so. Personally, I have done a lot of coding and software sort of things, uh, but I think SolarCar has really shown me a lot about testing um, in that regard. So, you know, when we're building a car, we want it to be reliable. Um, and a lot of times in classes, you just got to make it, you know, kind of pass, pass their tests in the grades. But, um, 
when we're building a solar car, I've learned just how much, how, how to kind of like really evaluate things in terms of safety uh, and their efficiency and things like that to kind of build the best product possible. Um, and with that, you know, there's a lot of design processes that have been pretty apl applicable to, you know, the real world of, you know, how do we, how do we like plan out things and like make decisions that are uh, high quality. So for example, you know, maybe you have to choose which motor to put in your car, right? Um, and there's a lot of different considerations that, you know, maybe not, not, may not be so obvious in that. So just considering the efficiency, obviously, but also how much does the motor weigh, how much the cost and making those decisions of like trade-offs um, are pretty, pretty critical that I think I've really been learned through this experience of how to make trade-offs and uh, decisions based on logic rather than just gut feelings and sort of things like that. That's really good. It's good that you learned a lot, put in so much work. Um, when you were the president, was it hard to keep track of all the different parts? You know, you've got someone buying a motor, someone trying to fund the motor, someone, and that's just one part of the car. Was that a challenge? Yeah, I think management is definitely something that I've learned a lot about, especially actually. Um, with more than 100 students um, and with varying degrees of uh, involvement, um, you really have to, you got to think about, you know, how you can push people to do their best work and how to uh, encourage and motivate everybody to, uh, you know, do what they need to do for the move team forward. Um, I think there's a lot of different processes in terms of creating charts or tables and, uh, you know, maybe even just carrying a whiteboard of information for everybody to see. Um, so I guess what I've learned from all this is like, it's important to be open with people about, you know, what, what things are needed and what plans you have so that, you know, you really want to share vision with everybody about what you expect and what you want to do um, with the organization, especially as like the top leader. Uh, it's really important to set out the, the mission and the goal. So it, it's really nice that our, our team, you know, has a pretty clear uh, and, you know, motivating goal of, you know, fighting climate change, uh, building great technology and improving education. So I think these are things that a lot of people can get behind. Um, and so that's really useful in, you know, motivating people to continue to push our technology and our team forward. That's really cool. And speaking of pushing it forward, what are some shifts you've seen in the solar car world? since maybe you joined or since you first heard about solar cars? Um, I guess the, there's a lot of, there's always change in terms of the technology that Steams are using. Um, so, you know, maybe back in the 90s or whatever, when this, the, the, these cars started, they were, you know, running much slower with uh, these huge solar arrays. And as we, we move forward, uh, things have gotten smaller and faster and better. Uh, but I think what, what's happening in more recent years is, um, you know, obviously solar energy is important um, and it's an energy source, but uh, I think a lot of more people are thinking about um, just the other sustainable access aspects of the team. So for example, you know, it takes a lot of materials and stuff to build a solar car. So how can you do that in a more sustainable way? Um, how can you, you know, operate a team in a more sustainable way? Um, and, you know, how can you just push the sustainability in other ways? So uh, another example is like the World Solar Challenge changed the regulations actually um, of what solar panels they'll be allowed to use. So 
uh, a lot of teams recently have shifted to using um, these space grade solar panels, um, but these have some harmful chemicals. So one change to the regulations with that is they, they've added uh, regulations that kind of bans those, those, those uh, materials that are more harmful for the environment. So I think it's really important that, you know, we think about not just, you know, sustainable energy and where the energy comes from, but what other impacts it may have in that process and how we build those things. It is very important. Do you think that one day we'll all be able to drive solar cars around? Honestly, I think it is really possible. A lot of people, you know, have seen that all oh, solar cars have existed for as a competition for so long and, you know, there really aren't any, you know, solar cars on the road yet. But uh, especially with the, the shift towards electrical vehicles, um, which I think has become pretty clear at this point that in, in even you know the next 10 or 20 years most our cars will be electric so uh, when that happens it really doesn't make that much sense not to put a solar panel on top of the car uh, because these cars you know uh, require a lot of energy and they're always sitting outside when they're not being used and uh, that makes a great opportunity to charge them up just by sitting out in the parking lot that's free energy right there uh, with the solar panel so um, I think it really is possible and I think it'll be really exciting to see that uh, as we continue to grow up. Yeah, you can't beat free energy. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. I'm sure we all learned so, so much about solar cars and everything it takes to build one, all that work. What would you recommend someone who's more interested in solar car? How, more ways to get involved? Yeah, there's a lot of opportunities to learn and uh, learn more about solar cars. So you can first check out, you know, our website, alignasolarcar.com just to learn more about our team and check out our social media. And we're, we're always, Happy to answer your questions if you contact us there. Um, you also can check out the different uh, race organizations, the American Solar Challenge and the World Solar Challenge. Um, and you might be able even to see the solar cars come to your town uh, the summer during the race or in the future. Um, there, there's always opportunities, you know, to, if you're interested in getting involved in the future when you're in college, um, you know, the greatest place to start uh, is just learning about engineering in general. Um, but a lot of universities have solar car teams or similar ones that can be able to get, you can get involved in as well. That's pretty great. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. We'll have a lot of more great series with many more remarkable people. So be sure to check those out and have a good rest of your day. Thank you.